0: Now. Welcome to the TheraFit Podcast, a presentation of Holistic Family Solutions, where we engage in health and wellness conversations with leading mental health professionals, parents, and sports talents who share tips, personal stories, and alternative therapeutic practices to help your family achieve its most fit life yet. We're glad that you're here to join us today. We have Lisa Lutan today. A health, uh, she's of healthy, happy, and hip. Lisa, how's it going today?
1: Going great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great
0: to have you. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Sure. Well, I'm a health and lifestyle coach, and my company is Healthy, Happy, and Hip, as you mentioned. And I help busy go-getter superstars to slow down and really reconnect with their bodies to figure out what it is that they're really hungry for. And sometimes that's food. Sometimes that's tranquility. Sometimes it's just peace of mind.
0: Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, we've got an audience that's totally rabid for that. You know, our audience is full of, uh, full of parents and families, you know, looking to help their children. But there are times when we need to bring guests on like you who can help these parents help themselves. And so it's great to have you on today.
1: Well, it, like I said, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: <laughs> so our first quadrant we're going to talk about is cognition. And that's where we talk about kind of the mental, mental abilities and processes, things to do with decision making, uh, problem solving, and things like Things that are of the mental capacity um, now you work with what you describe as uber busy high stressed hungry go getters uh, that would like to calm down and stop struggling with annoying habits and triggers. why is that, uh, Why is helping that segment get its mind right very important to you
1: because that 's who I am <laughs> and I think that we can help people when we understand them and because that is who I am and who I was, I really understand what they're going through and how hard it is when you're this type A go-getter to kind of chill out a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. I I totally get that uh, inability to relax where I've always got to be doing something, you know?
1: Yeah, it's hard to turn it off. You know, we're go, go, go. And then when we do have a moment to turn it off, we don't even know what to do with ourselves. We're so used to going, going. So it's really challenging for people.
0: Yeah, yeah, and as you know, you know, many busy people with kids want to have a healthy lifestyle. How does that begin with creating some sort of mental clarity?
1: I think mental clarity is everything. To be honest, <laughs> you know, and every everything that I do um, with for myself and for my clients to have a healthy life really is about having peace of mind and mental clarity because. If you're not feeling grounded and clear, you're going to yell at your spouse, you're going to yell at your kids, you're going to let all your own stuff and baggage come out when it's just not appropriate or necessary, and you're going to make bad decisions. And some of those decisions can last a lifetime. You know, we all think back to the things our parents said to us that they thought were nothing and they really impacted us. So I think we really want to be just thoughtful as parents and be our best selves, bring our best selves to the table.
0: Yeah, no, I tend to agree with that. Uh, you know, everybody wants to be a good, be be good in their own mind, be good versions of themselves. So I'm totally on board with that. Um, and you're a believer in breaking bad habits and interrupting patterns, from what I've learned about you. Um, and our listeners totally get that and probably want that. <laughs> yeah. Now there are people who work, run businesses, and have families and marriages, but like many of us, they get caught in just these routines that they can't seem to shake because they're stuck in those boxes of I'm mom, I'm dad, I'm working, I'm home. Um, why is it important to examine our habits and patterns and routines if we want to truly be free, happy, and healthy?
1: Well, I don't think people realize how much of what we do are habits. Like, For example, you know, if we drive by the donut store every day you know, at 10 a.m., we're going to crave a donut. That's a habit. You know, we see the donut store, we want it, it's a habit. If we drove around the block, we'd be fine without the donut. So the habits are not just, oh, I woke up and went to the gym. The habits can also be little things like that, or even our thought patterns. We can get in a habit of having negativity, and we can change the habit to move to more positivity. So when I say habits, I am really giving it a much broader definition.
0: Wow. So you talked about just the mental part of the habits. Like what are some of the things that you you know, in working with clients that they're getting stuck on mentally?
1: Well, I think that, you know, a lot of people get stuck in that, you know, nothing's going to ever work out for me. It never has. It never will. Oh, I'm never going to lose weight because I'm always going to be fat or I'm not that person who works out, you know, because I was always a loser in gym class. Like we have the tapes and stuff running through our minds. And I say, let's challenge those, you know, maybe that was the case, maybe it wasn't, I don't even know, but let's figure out, is that still the case now, and you'd be surprised, sometimes people go, you know what, it isn't, but I've been labeling myself that way for my whole life, and so when we want to challenge all these things, we want to say, okay, who are you really, and what's really getting in your way, and then we can start making progress with all this stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in just how the impact of self-talk and what self-talk can do when you talk to yourself in a positive way and what self-talk can do to your life when you talk to yourself in a negative way. And it's 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 amazing and, I, and it it still kind of blows my mind that that a lot of people don't really grasp that still that the way we talk to ourselves is the direction we're
1: pushing ourselves into. It's so true and it's so powerful. You know, like I'll see somebody who'll say, you know, oh, I had the best time on a vacation, but now I'm back in my miserable life. Well, you could look at that like, okay, you're down, you're in your life. Or you could say, wow, I had the best vacation. You know, it's all what we choose to focus on. And so when we start focusing on the good things and the positive and all the gratitude and everything everybody's heard a million times, it's because it works. (laughs) It really, really works. It's It's a glass, you know, half full way of going through life.
0: Yeah, no. I remember uh, years ago listening to Tony Robbins talk about uh, how your mind is like a computer, and so whatever you ask, whatever questions you pose to your mind, it's going to find an answer for you. So whether you tell yourself, "How do I create a successful business?" Your mind's going to figure out how to create a successful business, or you know, "Why am I such a bad parent?" Your mind's going to tell you why you're such a bad parent. Now, it's it's so much. There's so much programming that we have to learn within, even within our own selves.
1: I think it's programming we have to unlearn. You know yeah. more than learn because we've been we'll take the one comment you know that a parent or a teacher or or a bully or somebody said to us and we we carry that around with us the rest of our life when we kind of let go all the other million good things you know that people said to us so We have the opportunity to take a look at these things and just say, "Hey, is this working for me or not?" And if it's not working, say bye-bye for you. Like, there's just no reason we have to hold on to this stuff, and yet we do. We don't realize we have a choice.
0: Right now, the Lisa you are now isn't the Lisa that you've always been. You know, on your site, you mentioned that you were you ran a successful tech company, you had a family, and then you kind of hit a wall. What were some of the red flags that you may have ignored coming from your intuition as you were? kind of barreling through life?
1: Oh, my God. I ignored everything. (laughs) I mean, I literally, like, crashed and burned because, you know, I started a tech company when I was in my 20s with my boyfriend at the time, and he did become my husband, and over the course of starting that company and running that company, you know, from the two of us to over 100 people. I had some babies, and we moved into a house. And I never took my warnings as serious. I was always taught that, oh, it's just stress, no big deal, power through it. And I know so many people can relate to that, because we think if we listen to stress, we're like some kind of wimp or something. But the truth is, I was having so many warning signs. My body was having all sorts of like stress ailments that I never paid attention to, I wasn't sleeping, I was um, ruminating on stupid things because I had no sense of control of anything like i'm like oh my god if i don't get this laundry done i'm going to die I'm like i got to get the laundry i got to get the laundry and like if a normal person would say like what's the big deal you know yeah. but when you get into this place you almost feel like a machine like if one thing goes wrong your whole life is going to unravel because you're just keeping it together you know with threads and i feel like i lived in that place for so many years that my body just gave out like my whole neurological system just crashed and it wasn't pretty
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that's a status quo for everyone who's that, like you said, the type A high achiever where it's just, it's all or nothing. Like yeah. what, what was your turning point?
1: Well, the turning point was then because I ended up in the emergency room and I thought I was having a stroke. And the good news is I did not have a stroke, but I had horrible symptoms, you know, that, that lasted after that big episode for a few years. And, I tried so hard to get answers from doctors and doctors just, just kept giving me prescriptions and I just kept not taking them because I said, how can I take a pill when I don't even know what's wrong? Like it didn't even occur to me what had gone wrong. I was so clueless, you know? And so I started realizing, hey, I'm entrepreneurial. I solve problems. And I thought I'm going to figure out what went wrong with me and then figure out what went right. And I really started researching. I researched family histories and I researched these drugs. They were prescribing me and I, <laughs> I looked at my life. I really did. I, I kind of made it a project all while I was still working and taking care of my first two out of my three kids. And um, I slowly started connecting the dots. And, you know, once I, things started making sense, I was like, oh, my God, like I figured out what had gone wrong. And then it was just as hard to figure out how to make it right. And that has been, you know, a 20-year journey for me of experimenting and really challenging every aspect of my health from my food to exercise to, you know, meditation to sleep. You name it, I have experimented and challenged with it. And I'm happy to say that is my life perfect Absolutely not, but I handle it in such a much better way and I, I ride the waves of life now, whereas before I used to crash into the waves of life, if that makes sense to you.
0: It does, it does. I was out uh, at a water park with my son. I did a whole lot of crashing, <laughs> so I understand the, the resistance and the crashing into things. Oh yeah, no, it does make perfect sense. It's a great metaphor. Now, for parents... Um, who are you know who are caught here you know who realize and the, you know they're going through life like gosh i need to stop i need to stop it's like it's kind of like the cart going down the hill you know that you're going to crash and you have no idea how to stop it how do you help like what advice do you have for them so that they don't have these mental breakdowns that, that completely just knock the bottom out of everything
1: Well, first I want to like openly acknowledge how hard it is because it is so hard. And, you know, kudos to all you parents out there because I know I have three kids myself and I know how hard it was raising kids. And whether you're working outside of the home or inside the home, you're still working your butt off. And I think that, you know, all parents everywhere (laughs) deserve like a huge (laughs) round of applause because it is so hard. Um, But what I would say, what really helps me on a daily basis is even if you only have five minutes, Is developing like a little morning routine, and if if you can't do first thing in the morning, it can be any time in the day. But it's just a real grounding place to just sit still and breathe. You know, if you can meditate, awesome. But if you can't, just even like closing your eyes, breathing, and and doing a little check in. I call it my mind, body, spirit check in. Like, what's going on in my body? Like. Is there is anything talking to me? Is my stomach rumbling? Is my chest tight? You know, and it gives you this like baseline, so that when things do get really stressed and terrible, you feel it, you notice it in your body, and we do the same thing with our emotions. You know, like what am I really feeling, and, and what is going on, and validating it, and you know, how's my mental clarity, and then spiritually, like. You know, I use spirituality very loosely. Like, how am I feeling in terms of my connection to the universe and the people around me and nature? And sometimes we're feeling super grounded, and sometimes we're feeling just lost. And the key is to just notice it all without being afraid of it. And that's where you get to sail the waves. Go, oh, isn't that interesting? That I am a fog brained. Crazy person, you know. (laughs) Isn't that fascinating? You know, without fearing it, because the fear itself makes it so much worse. And so that quiet time of just getting inside, like honest to God, like it's the difference between a good day and a bad day. Just taking those few minutes, and if you have a few more minutes, there's plenty of things I would add on to that as well.
0: Oh wow! I love how basic that is—just calling the time out, just taking the step back to do kind of a review, or almost like an internal staff meeting with yourself.
1: Yeah, I like that—an internal staff meeting. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Exactly, because it gives you a check-in, and when you do it day after day, you start noticing. And you asked me before, "Why didn't I notice those things?" Well, because I never slowed down for a minute to check in. And if I had been checking in, I would have known that I was really not okay.
0: Now, yeah. I
1: don't know what I would have done about it because back then I was, like I said, I was pretty dumb about these things. But if I knew that now, I would say, hey, this isn't working for me. I need to make some changes. Maybe I have to clear my schedule. Maybe I have to say no a little bit more often. Maybe I just need to leave space for, you know, for me or for stuff that I don't know about or just for nothingness, you know. And so. Knowing the information is the first step. And just that check-in, that staff meeting with your body tells you so much.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, it's it's true. And I think that something that parents need to do is as they as they learn this, is they gotta shed the guilt. Cause I think there's a lot of guilt associated with not doing enough or not making sure not not being there for every single thing or feeling like you have to entertain the family or the children or be omnipresent. And I think, you know, from a mental standpoint, that's that's so damaging. It's very wearing out of the mind.
1: It it really is. And I think that, you know, moms that stay at home, they're feeling, you know, like, oh, my God, those other moms are so much so more impressive. And the moms are working are saying, oh, my God, those moms at home are doing so much more like everyone's beating themselves up. But the bottom line is do the best you can. You know, we're human and we all make mistakes and we all do the best we can. And I think, that you know for me as a parent, the most important thing I could do was love my children, respect my children, and keep them safe. And so knowing that I was really clear on those things, I would challenge myself and I go, is that going to keep my child safe? Or does that not matter? Like if their room is a mess, well, all right. It's not my ideal, but whatever. It's not like their safety is concerned. So I was super clear with myself, and as long as I was meeting those things, I felt like I was doing a good job.
0: Wow. Love that. Yeah. Just kind of not majoring in the minors there. Yeah, (laughs) don't
1: sweat the small stuff. It's really ridiculous. It really is.
0: All right. So let's let's shift into fitness. Let's talk fitness for a little bit. Um, You know, as an entrepreneur mother, how have you worked fitness into your daily routine?
1: So I love fitness and um, I made a decision long time ago, like a really long, even before I had kids, that it was a non-negotiable. And so it was put in my schedule just as important as anything else. And even when I had some years that I was doing a lot of volunteer work at the schools and all this stuff, if there was a meeting during my workout time the workout came first because I knew if I didn't take care of myself, nobody else was going to do it. And I found that if I led the meeting, I could set the meeting anytime I wanted. <laughs> and then I didn't have to interfere with my workout. But it really was something that was just a non-negotiable most of the time. Clearly, sometimes there's something super important and that's going to come first. But on a daily basis, my workout was just as important as any other thing for anyone else.
0: Wow. And so what has been the benefit Of being mindful how you care for your body because like you said you know you put that above everything else to make sure that you took care of you first
1: well i think for me even from a young age i worked out so i could smile like it wasn't like i was counting calories and looking at the monitors it was more that it put me in a good mood and i i realized that from my early 20s that it was just really about being a happier person and so i never really got caught up in the the whole like soul crushing, you know, like if I don't work out, I'm going to gain 10 pounds. Like I never really connected it with all those other things about, you know, weight or anything else. It was always just something I did for myself to be a happy person.
0: Right. And so, <clears throat> and so how does fitness, you know, from, from where you stand, how does fitness improve your work life, your home life, and your parenting? Like how does being think- fit?
1: I think that it goes to everything. Like, And I don't think you have to be this super athlete. I think it's more, we're animals. We forget that. And we are designed to move our bodies. You know, so many people, they sit all day long and they don't understand why their bodies are starting to ache and move. And again, most people don't make the connection that they're not feeling good and they take it out on other people. So the more we can take care of ourselves, the more we can be more present and more available to the people in our lives that matter. You know, our spouse, our kids, and the people we work with, anyone who comes into contact, like we become that lighthouse of, of health. And people want to be around us more. And people want to know, hey, what are you doing? Because you look good and you seem to be managing life better than I am. And I think that all these are just tools at, at making us be okay. Life is pretty hard. And anything that we can do to help ourselves, why not?
0: Right. No, I totally agree. Now, for our, own, for our listening audience, you know, many of which are working parents or entrepreneurs like yourself, how do you recommend they make time to add fitness into their daily lives? Like,
1: well, I have this saying a lot of times people will say to me with anything, I don't have time to eat breakfast, I don't have time to work out, I don't have time, you know, for all this. And I say, well, first of all, let's change the wording here. Like it what it sounds like you're saying to me is I don't make breakfast a priority or I don't make working out a priority. Because we make time for our priorities. You know, if Netflix is a priority, we're going to make time for it, you know. So, I think the key is you have to really be honest with yourself and say, how can I make this higher on my priority list? And then you don't have to go to a gym. You know, some of my clients, I say, look, put on your music and dance in your boxer shorts around your bedroom. You know, like, even if you do this, you know, 10, 15 minutes in the morning, and then you're moving throughout the day, or I actually, I have a standing desk, and I also have a treadmill desk. For days, I can't make it to the gym. I will just walk slowly on a treadmill desk. You know, so there's a lot of ways that you can make it work if it's important to you.
0: And that's a great uh, that's a great segue into my next question. What are some basic exercises or things that people can do at work or maybe during their lunch breaks?
1: Well, obviously, walking is always a really good thing. And I think that walking is great, you know, as long as you're moving. Um, and if you want to get a little fancier, you can start doing, you know, dips from your desk and all those type of things and keep some small weights or do that. But I like dance breaks, you know, like put on a tune for five or ten minutes and just move your body all over the place. Um, and then, of course, use your basics is push-ups and planks and, and squats and lunges. If you do push-ups, planks, squats, and lunges, you actually hit almost every body part that is necessary. So you don't have to have this really complicated workout scheme. You can really do it. Oh, I wow. mean, that might be tough depending on what you're wearing in your office, but, you know, there's a way to make it work. And especially parents, you know, get your kids involved. There's nothing better than being a good role model of healthy living for your kids. Wow.
0: Well, I'm glad you didn't say burpees. Those are.
1: I hate burpees. (laughs) (laughs) I I was uh, at CrossFit this morning and they're like, oh, 50 burpee challenges. And I was like, I think I'd rather go to the dentist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but those are some great tips. So, So you talked about having a dance break. So what's on your playlist?
1: Oh, my God. Like, everyone makes fun of me because I'm like a real pop girl. Like, I like dance music. And it's it's kind of older stuff that anything that makes me move. But it's so personal. It's just stuff that makes gets you up and feeling happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good. I, I like that idea. The idea of a dance break. I'm going to I'm gonna have to incorporate that because I enjoy music too. I enjoy dance music myself. So, I didn't think of that one, so thanks for the tip. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like any time, just like you're feeling a little sluggish, like put on a tune and shake it. You know, it makes you pump a little bit. It's fun.
0: All right, so let's talk about excuses because everybody butts up against this. When we try to make change, we make excuses every single time. For every change we want to make, there's an equal excuse. How do we break through those excuses? What are some tips do you have for just getting rid of excuses so that we can actually do the things we need to do?
1: Well, it's really funny because some every so often a client will say to me, Hey, I'm just lazy. And I go, I don't believe that. I think you're either tired or uninspired. And they pause and they go, Whoa. And the truth is a lot of people are exhausted. You know, they're working all day, they're taking care of kids, they're not eating right. So their bodies are exhausted. Is it any wonder you don't feel like working out? Like, hello. So sometimes it's not so simple. You know, you have to take a look at everything. Am I getting enough sleep? Am I giving myself the right nutrition? It it all plays into it. And the other thing is maybe you're uninspired because everyone you know is going, taking a spin class and that's not your thing. Well, find the thing that is. And maybe it's just going for long walks, listening to a book on tape. Find something that speaks to you and inspires you. And I think that makes a difference. So, I think that you know you really want to look at your why and not just say I'm lazy and say what's really going on here. You know why is this resistance coming up for me and what is it trying to tell me? Because usually there's a lesson in there of of something a little bit deeper.
0: Yeah, well I love that. I love that um, you've given so many different options for fitness because I think that does happen where people just get guilty. Ah, oh, well I can't go to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym and fitness and activity is so much bigger than the gym like you said there's dance breaks there's doing stuff at your desk there's going for walks i mean if you like to country line dancing mean, there's there's that i mean it's whatever <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be as long as your body's moving
1: yeah, exactly. I like to do like probably in any given week, I do five or six different types of workouts because I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to get bored. And so one day I'll go to a boxing class. The next day I'll go to Pilates. The next day I'll go to CrossFit. The next day I'll do this. And I just keep mixing it up so it's fun. And I don't get crazy. I don't get competitive. It's just fun. And that's for me. It's just a, a fun little part of my day. And I like that you keep saying that fitness is fun.
0: <laughs> because the, there's always that other connotation that oh this is just something I have to do because I'm stuck here but yeah like I think just like you talked like we talk about the mental section just changing the way we speak to ourselves yeah fitness is fun fitness is exciting and something I look forward to something I want to do as opposed to drudgery so I, I love that you keep calling it fun
1: well it's the same thing with healthy eating like somebody made a comment to me recently she's like ah like if it's too short you know to not have a, that birthday cake or whatever and I said to her I said you know, I don't want the birthday cake and you're not going to believe this, but I don't feel deprived in any way. And she's like, what? And I said, look, I am so psyched that I get to eat healthy, delicious food that makes me feel good. Like I never think of like, I can't have that. I go look at these great things I get to have. And so it's the same thing. We can put ourselves into that, you know, like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. But that's not going to last. That's not going to be sustainable, because you feel like crap. But when you can find ways to say, I'm doing amazing things for myself, it's easy, because we all want to feel good.
0: Right now, I love it. Speaking of food, let's, let's talk nutrition for a little bit. Let's talk about food and nutrition. So you said, by your own admission, you grew up on junk food. Tell us about that.
1: Oh my god! I was the kid that like chocolate cake with chocolate frosting, with chocolate sprinkles, and chocolate ice cream on top. You know, like I was such a sugarholic and I was a really picky eater too. So I think I ate like two different sandwiches and drank Hawaiian punch and ate devil dogs like every single day of my childhood, and like came home and ate crap. I'm like nobody knew better then, and. I, you know, walked around dark circles under my eyes. I was getting sick all the time, but nobody ever made any food connections to health back then, you know? So it is, it's really funny. And it was really hard for me, like making the transition to being a healthy eater took a lot of years, you know, but I think the more that I learned and the more experiment and now it's easy, but I understand it because, you know, I definitely have that in me to be, I'm a sugar addict and I always will be one.
0: Oh, yeah, now sugar is, whew, boy, it's got a hold.
1: <laughs> yeah, I work with a lot of people on reducing and eliminating sugar in their life because it does. It, it has such a hold on us, and it's so bad for us, but it's so delicious that it's a real tricky one for people.
0: Oh, yeah. So what led to your um, change to holistic nutrition?
1: Well, I think what happened after I did have that crash and burn, I started becoming super interested in just my health and I started reading more and experimenting more. And the better and better I felt when years later, I kind of woke up one day and said, you know, I think I'm going to go back to school. And my husband was like, what? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I just have this like feeling like I should be going back to school. And I did. There was a program um, that I did online, actually, called Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which is really well known in the holistic nutrition space. And within a couple months of just starting school, I had clients because I brought so much life experience with me and so much of years of experimenting that you know having that combination with the formal education was really powerful. And I think people realize I just get it. Like I'm really practical about this stuff, and even though I might eat different than you eat, different than somebody else eat. I understand it's a journey and wherever you are at in your beginning is fine. You know, you take these little steps and keep moving forward and that's the best you can do and that's okay.
0: So how has like holistic nutrition education really changed your life or changed your lifestyle?
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Well, uh, my life and my lifestyle. Well, my lifestyle is that I think that before I did, I looked at health as exercise and nutrition primarily. And now, like holistic health, looks at everything like. Are you having fun in your life? And are you learning new things? And are you know are you feeling happy in your relationships? You know, like it's just your whole life. Because face it, if we hate our job, what are we going to do? Come home and eat. You know, if we're a miserable in a relationship, we might drown our sorrows. You know, like we use food to to make up for so many things that are lacking in our life or wine, or drugs, you know, whatever your drug of choice is. For many of us, it is food. And so when we look at the whole life, we can start filling in the pieces and saying, well, maybe I'm really hungry for a nap, (laughs) or maybe I'm hungry for fun, you know, and when we look at it that way, things start making sense. Now, for me personally, it was crazy because I went to school and literally it was this whirlwind. You know, I started coaching. I started developing programs in person. Then I started developing online programs and then I wrote my book. And then I was asked to host a radio show and I started doing more public speaking. So it really was a a massive life change for me because I was suddenly out there. And I think I had a message that resonated for people because so many of us are at that point where we either burnt out or we feel like we're going to burn out. We're just trying to make it through the day and be healthy. (laughs) So I I think it is something that is very timely and important for everybody to know. They're not alone in this. This is hard stuff.
0: Yeah. So what were your energy levels like, you know, prior to transforming when you just ate normal kind of junky foods and then after you changed your, your diet,
1: I think the biggest thing, and this is what people notice when they do my programs, is a lot of people get that three or four o'clock slump where they're just exhausted and they want to lie down and they might reach for the cup of coffee or something sugary to give them that boost. I don't really have that anymore. I don't slump. You know, I'm not going to say I'm never tired. Sometimes in the morning I'm tired if I didn't get a great night's sleep, but my energy is very um, constant throughout the day. And that's really nice.
0: Wow. So how can busy people like, you know, Paris, take a take a lesson from your life?
1: I think the key is number one is what we said before is really, you know, check in because you want to have like data of not data like your Fitbit. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that kind of data. I'm a fan of your own personal data. Like how am I feeling? What's working for me in my life? You know, am I feeling aches and pains? What's my body trying to tell me? And then experimenting like, okay, if I eat a donut for breakfast, i might feel great at that moment but how am i feeling an hour later and how am i feeling the rest of the day versus having like eggs you know or something like that and so the more you just start experimenting without shame without judgment and just saying this is all information the more we get to start understanding what's going to work for us because diets are designed for other people not for our own special needs we have to figure out what works for our body for our mind and for our life Wow. Love it. Love it,
0: man. So what are some resources that you recommend to our listeners as they start their journey on holistic nutrition or trying to figure out how to create a better, healthier lifestyle?
1: Well, I invite them if I I have a free coaching Facebook group that I could invite them into. And if they go to my website, healthy, happy, and hip, there's an invitation right up front, right when you get on there to join the tribe. I also, um, I prepared something for your listeners. Um, 10 yummy recipes with no sugar. And all they have to do is text 44144. That's 44144. And enter the word healthy, and they will get sent that. So, those are a few places to start. Ooh,
0: that's excellent. Nothing like great resources. Thank you so much. Oh, a pleasure. Yeah. So let's look at spirituality. Let's talk about your spirituality a little bit. We talked about just a hair in the beginning, but do you have any spiritual practices like prayer, yoga, or meditation that you do?
1: Well, you know, I think spirituality is such an interesting, fascinating topic because like for me growing up, I thought it was all about religion. And I... Wasn't a big fan of you know religion at that time, and so I thought, well, I must not be a spiritual person. But what I learned as I got older is I'm a very spiritual person, but it's spirituality defined in a way again that works for me. And so I start every day with my meditation practice, I say affirmations, I write in my gratitude journal, I write other things. How do I want to feel today? How do I want to. Who do I want to connect with today? And so it has become almost a ritual for me every morning. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, can you just, uh, if you could expound a little bit, tell our audience what um, affirmations are um, and then um, talk to them about what a gratitude journal is and why it's beneficial.
1: Okay, so an affirmation, mine is actually a little different, might be a statement in the future that you believe like, I am a happy, healthy person. You know, if you say that, again and again, every morning you might become, but I think mine are more reminders from the universe. And i before I'll have breakfast, I'll just, you know, might say a moment of gratitude. I might talk about what my life purpose is and I might actually think about what wonderful thing can happen today. And so for me, I say the same things every single morning and they just start my day off right. And usually that happens um, before my gratitude journal. My gratitude journal People think it's this big, arduous, you know, project, but I recommend people just get a journal and write five bullet points every day. And so some days I might be grateful that, yes, it finally stopped raining here, or yay, the sun came out in May finally, you know, but other days I might be really grateful for avocados or that, you know, my daughter called me and was like really happy, or it can be simple little things, but what's so beautiful is it really... Forces you to focus on what's good in your life. And we think that those are good things to do in the good times. But the truth is, in the bad times, when everything is falling apart, that's when you really need a gratitude journal. Because you can look around and go, oh, you know, my life sucks. But hey, I have this book filled with things that I'm so grateful for. And it's a very, very powerful, powerful practice.
0: Wow. So how do you recommend that someone develop their own spiritual side, like get in touch with, you
1: know, like I think the gratitude journal is a really great way to start, you know, like I said, so easy. Pick up a journal and literally five bullet points a day. That's like a no brainer, like start that. And then maybe if they haven't, you know, if they want to get into meditation, there's some great guided meditations out there. And I think that's a really easy way to start. Or, you know, start for a minute. <laughs> like, people go, I can never sit still. It's like a minute. Like, it's close your eyes and breathe deeply for one minute. And when that's going really well, go to two minutes. You know, like, this doesn't have to be a high stress, super serious thing. This should be something, again, it's bringing a positive thing for you. i like, who doesn't love, who doesn't feel good after a minute of closing their eyes and breathing? Have you ever met anybody? <laughs> like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> it feels Great. right, exactly so like the more you do it and then the more you practice it at the times you need it you'll have it so when you get into that stressful situation and you feel your you know your blood pressure rising and you're getting angry you just close your eyes and breathe and it knows your body just responds it goes really back down and that's like i i'm a, mood, a super calm person it takes a lot to really get me riled up because i just look at everything as oh isn't that interesting. Isn't that interesting that I'm feeling super sad today? Huh, I wonder why. Like, I just kind of, like, notice it all. I take it all in, and I don't get, like, stuck in it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Um, Have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements?
1: You know, it's funny that you say that. I literally have it on my desk. (laughs) Someone (laughs) recommended it to me, and I have not read it, but I do own it.
0: It's phenomenal, you should totally read it, but the way you're describing yourself I'm like man cause I, I finished reading the book about a month and a half ago, and it changed it like changed my entire like life all the way around
1: wow, that's big
0: and yeah, no it was it was a huge shift, I mean, like when you talked about um just not letting things get to you, that's one of the things he talks about in the book is just not taking things personally and then, and then not assuming things, and so
1: yeah, I love that way
0: just Do those two things you know. Uh, you know Getting more information keeps you from assuming and then just not taking things personally, but just seeing things that, that people are just talking to you out of their own perspective, then you don't have, you have nothing to get flustered about anymore. Like, wow, I'm living my own great free world.
1: You know, I think, Chris, that's such a good point because so many times like you'll hear someone say, oh, my God, like she's such a snap. She's so bitchy, you know, whatever it is. And the truth is she's just having a bad day. You know, and we do take everything about us. We're all naturally very self-centered. And so we assume that if somebody's in a bad way, it's something we did or we said. But most of the time, it's something not related to us at all. So when we give people the benefit of the doubt and we look at it that way, it really does take away so much angst out of your life.
0: It does in a major way. All right, so let's talk about you a little bit. Tell us about Healthy, Happy, and hip.
1: Well, I, healthy, happy, and hip, I mean, the number one is I love to coach people privately because I think that we can make such headway into what's really going on for you and looking at your habits and looking at your triggers, whether they're chemical triggers or or emotional triggers and hungry and what you're hungry for in life, you know, so I love working with people one-on-one, but I also offer group programs. I have programs to help people with sugar or alcohol or or just uh, elimination diets. I have all sorts of programs, and I work with people on meditation as well. You know, practical ways to meditate, like literally what we talked about starting a minute at a time, you know, a couple minutes at a time. And and that's what I do. And my book is out there. It's called Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. It's on Amazon, and I think that really does offer a lot of my philosophy in there for someone who just wants a little starter. You know, there's a lot of good stuff in there and it's won some awards and it's it's gotten a lot of good reviews. Oh,
0: excellent. Yeah, we'll make sure we have a
1: link to that. Um now, I also have a podcast too they can listen to, also ooh. called Busy Just and Food Obsessed.
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure we get links to all those things so we can share them with the audience. Now, why did you start why did you start Healthy Happy and Hip?
1: Well, I think what happened was I went back to school. And it was really funny because they said, as part of our homework, you need to start doing some sample client sessions. And I was like, okay. And I would do these sample trial client sessions and the clients would say, can I work with you? And I'd say, okay. And suddenly I had clients and then people were like, oh, I'd really like this. And before you know it, I had this company and I was um, just running programs and doing so much stuff. And doing more speaking events, and it's just, it kind of really just organically evolved. It was really just quite fascinating, but for me, it's so powerful because this is how I live. You know, if I don't live it myself, I don't preach it. I'm really careful to walk my walk and talk my talk, and when I find that I'm not doing that, I pull back and I go, I'm no good to anybody if I'm not good to myself, and so I really do take this stuff very seriously. I know that it keeps me feeling healthy, happy, and hip, and that's my goal, is to help others feel that way too.
0: So what do you love, like what do you absolutely love about your job?
1: I love that I can actually help people transform their lives. And I always feel that I was put on this planet to help other people thrive, and when they're thriving, it makes me feel like I'm thriving. And I just honestly, like if I see somebody have an aha moment or a breakthrough or just improve their life, like that really fills my cup. That really, really does. And I'm very fortunate that I found something that is just so beautiful, you know, that really can make a difference. It's not going to change 10 million people's lives. But if I can change, you know, one or two lives every day, I'm doing a great job.
0: Awesome. Now, something I noticed is you have these really catchy program names. How'd you come up with those? Did you come up with those yourself? They're really I, did. They're really I
1: come up with them all by myself. I love like
0: the booze, snooze. I mean, it was just great, catchy names.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, it's just funny. I have fun. I was always kind of like a little poet I'm in my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> And so I feel like like ditch your sugar itch. Yes. In fact, the first article I ever wrote was called "How I Ditched My Inner Skinny Bitch," and it, <laughs> it it got so much attention. I was like, "Oh, this is fun!" And so I really try to have fun with it.
0: Oh, that's great. Now we you talked about it before. I want you to reiterate though. Um, a resource. You have a resource that you can share with our listeners.
1: Oh, to reach me? Yes. For- Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, if they text 44144 and enter the word healthy, they'll get sent that 10 yummy recipes with no sugar. And they can go to my website, healthy, happy and com, And there's a place to join my Facebook group and to connect with me. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to say hi, write me a little note. I do respond to every person that sends me a little note. And and we'll take it from there. And if you're not sure what you need, you know, there's a contact form and we can set up a little call and help you point you in the right direction.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us today on uh, TheraFit Podcast.
1: Oh, Chris, it was such a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I had a great time and we will talk to you soon. Best of, best of luck on your business and continue to, you know, do great things in the world.
1: Thank you, Chris. You too.
0: Okay.